It's the boy, Bubba, let's come in through Ella Clutch, flawless, can't be touched It's your boy, Bubba, let's Yeah, I need that hot take I need the truth and everything that is not fake Welcome back, Bubba Bunch, to another edition of the Bubba Let's Sports Podcast It is episode 207 with a brand new logo, a brand new graphic We are all revamped for 2021 And why not start a new era? of the Bubble Let Sports Podcast with an OG supporter, the one and only, kicked cancer's ass, Irving. How you doing, man? How's it going, buddy? Doing good. Glad to be here, man. Hey, uh, it's been a long time coming, and uh, I know that you recently just went into remission, so congratulations, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you for uh, all the support, really. I, I think it's it's awesome to see it, not only from family and friends, but... Uh, to see it from a podcast that I've been following for so long, the shout outs and, you know, seeing uh, my GoFundMe posted on your description. I, I mean, it, it means a lot to me and stuff. So uh, I can't tell you how much it, I appreciate it, man. And uh, just being here is, is, is surreal just because I've been listening to you for, for so long. You yeah. know? I never thought I, w- I would be a, a guest, but I am humbled and happy to be here, sir. Hey, you look great. You got the starter Patriots jacket. Yes, sir. Look, it, it, yes, wasn't, sir. it wasn't the best year, but in Bill, we trust. Am I right? In and Bill, we trust. It's okay. I mean, we, what can I say? We've been spoiled for a long time, so hey, we got to have one one of these years, one year. Hey, uh, all I'm saying, man, that defense is going to come back. All the opt outs, they're coming back. Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson or Dak Prescott looks really good in a Patriots uniform. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. I like Dak to the to the Patriots. I like it. So do I'll I. Say it. Look, I've talked to Eddie about this plenty of times. I am done with Jerry Jones. I I am just I hate him. I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> so if Dak wants to do the best thing for his career and say I want to go win Super Bowls with the New England Patriots, I'm buying that jersey yesterday because yeah, sure. I need that like throwback or like their color rush jersey, but in number four yeah. Dak Prescott, and I will wear the hell out of that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I think I feel like both of them would be. Uh... I feel like Josh McDaniels would have a field day with both of them, honestly. Uh, it's like how Josh McDaniels said with, uh, well, how Cam Newton told Josh McDaniels, you got a dog now. You got you can run plays that you've never been able to run before. And it's the truth. I mean, he was able to. Now, uh, Cam's uh, performance this season is, uh, you know, questionable. Hey. But, you know, if you would have put a Dak Prescott in there or Deshaun Watson, who knows what, what the possibilities could be. So that would be cool. Yeah, you need a receiver, obviously, right? But I feel like Dak would make it work, but Deshaun would just make something out of nothing. Like, of course, he had DeAndre Hopkins for most of his career, but the what yeah. what he did this season with not elite superstars at that position, I, I'm still thinking like with Julian Edelman coming back, uh, Jacoby Myers did really mm-hmm. well, and Dante Moncrief showed up at the very end of of the season. I, I think that Deshaun can make something out of nothing. And like you said, it opens the playbook to do different things. But with Cam, it was like, well, the accuracy and his throwing ability. I've always not been a fan of that. But Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson has it. I feel like uh, Cam Newton, very much how, uh, you know, it was a difference between the Panthers offense to the Patriots offense. You know, he was used to throwing bombs or whatever. And, you know, with that Patriots play style, I guess there was very much some remnants of, like, Tom Brady's offensive style where there was a lot of throws to, like, the slot, very short throws or Mm -hmm. something like that. And for whatever reason, he was just not very accurate. There's so many throws that were just, like, to the ground, very low throws, very high throws, inaccurate throws, picks. 
You know what I'm saying? And uh, I feel like maybe if Cam had another year, if there was more relationship that he would be able to build with his team, you know, I think he did well based on what he was able to do. You know, they weren't able to hang out outside of practice or anything like that. Um, maybe it would have been a different outcome. Um, I stand behind my team. Cam Newton is my quarterback, uh, even if he didn't do too great. So I stand behind him. Whether him or Jarrett Stidham would have been a better bet, uh, that's that's debatable. I know uh, Eddie has his opinions on it. I, I disagree. I disagree a little bit. I'm not I'm 100% on the Jarrett Stidham train, but um, I don't know. We'll see what happens next season. No, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do in the draft and free agency because I, I think a, a big name wide receiver, whether that's between college or free agency, I, I think one goes to New England. And I feel like that'll be just a, a nice kind of pick-me-up as far as uh, Patriots fans and the whole organization saying, like, okay, now we're back in business. Now we're back. But you know what? I got to say, there's a lot of guys that stepped up to the plate and had a huge improvement from last year, like like Jacoby Myers, for example. Uh, what's up, sir? Quick oh, interruption cool. from Irving Quick interruption. <laughs> it's all good. Go play, okay? I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, like I was saying, Jacoby Myers, huge improvement from last year. I mean, I know uh, Tom Brady was a little bit frustrated with the rookies that they weren't, you know, performing to what he was expecting, of course. But I think they really stepped up. Huge improvement. Damian Harris. I'm a huge Damian Harris fan. Roll Tide, baby. Huge fan. Roll Tide. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what happens next year. We'll see what happens. Um, this off is going to be really interesting. I think with a lot of teams, there's a lot of uh, big names that I don't think we're going to see next year, uh, as we saw. Yesterday, Drew Brees. I don't know. What do you think? You think he's really done or? Look, I, I think we get more into it when we talk about the game. But just overall, from what I saw him play from this season. But it it just kind of reminds me of, like, the whole talk about Tom Brady going over the cliff, right? Of, like, him mm. being, like, once he reaches a certain age, no quarterback mm. in history has really done a, a large – you know, sample size of good football, maybe Brett Favre when he was with Minnesota with the Jets mm. after he retired like three times. Other than that, it's like no quarterback has ever reached that level at such a uh, old age. Mm. And so I think the talk of like what Tom Brady was supposed to happen of him falling off that cliff and playing bad football, I think it's happening to Drew Brees. Like we're seeing the deterioration like so frequently with Drew Brees and we saw it yesterday with the three interceptions, but you just saw a guy yeah, that bad. just didn't have that it factor. And I said that in the preview, I was like, it's just, there's something missing out of Drew Brees that we had in previous years of him being the guy that can take over that we can rely on to get a touchdown. You didn't have right. that yesterday and you had that in Tom Brady. So the cliff really fell on Drew Brees, not on Tom Brady. So if it was me, of course, we got to look at the salary cap for the Saints. That's over $100 million down. Like, they're not going to be able to pay half their guys. So how do you expect for Drew Brees to play with bad players if he has any of these weapons next year? I'm saying what's best for him is just to retire. And I think it's, yeah. it's time. Like, you had a good run. You won a Super Bowl. I think that window of the Saints winning the Super Bowl passed. I didn't expect it this year. I expected it like two years ago. If that window is shut, it's not coming back anytime soon. So mm. I, th I think it's time. I think so too. But 
you know, the Saints will be good, whether it's in Winston or even in Taysom Hill. I'm a huge Taysom Hill fan. Ooh. I love that guy. Well, we, we disagree. Seven minutes into the podcast, we're going to disagree. <laughs> Let, let's save that when we get to the very end when we talk about that game. But uh, Okay, that's let, good. Let's start it off with what I thought was going to be the worst game out of the entire weekend was the Packers and the Rams. I, ta- right. I, I said it be right before. I was like, the way that people talk about Patrick Mahomes, look, Patrick Mahomes is great, but I watch Aaron Rodgers just I, – I couldn't even get a word out when I was watching this game. <laughs> Everything that came out was just mm. – like that's that's the only noise that came out of me because every time I watched this guy go, I was like, Jesus, he's so damn good. Yeah. Yeah, and he really is though. I mean, the thing about Aaron Rodgers – <laughs> One sec. Aaron Rodgers, he's 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 um I think the, the next best best thing that we're gonna see in the next couple of seasons, just like Patrick Mahomes. And I'm really excited to see it. And if I can be completely honest with you, if I want anybody to win the Super Bowl, it's gonna be Aaron Rodgers. I think he deserves it. For sure. Is there a little bias because you don't want the Chiefs to win? Or, or the Bills because they're in your division? Huge bias. Yeah, <laughs> fuck the Bills. Fuck the Bills. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of bias, but in all reality, I think that guy's worked so hard. And, uh, you know, in this past couple of seasons, I feel like he, uh, like a lot of other quarterbacks, struggled with the lack of weapons. This season, though, I mean, I feel like he's got a pretty good team going on. And uh, I just want to I want to see him win it. I really do. Look, um, I think the conversation of why he suddenly went from a good season last year to just greatness this year. Like, he still had really good stats last year, but you felt like that team just wasn't put together in their first year with Matt LaFleur. This year, I mean, under the same system, second year in, I feel like the topic of Aaron Rodgers' mental state before the season even started, I felt like one day it just switched on him, and it was probably the breakup with Danica Patrick. I mean, you know, if you're down bad, the only way from rock bottom is up, right? So you go from top of the world but you have all your problems with your family with your relationship i think at some point you just woke up and said f it right like he just said <laughs> i'm just gonna do me i'm gonna i'm gonna be aaron Rodgers, whether you like it or not whether it's my family whether it's my girlfriend whatever it's like i'm gonna do me so once that came into play i think you see it in his play on the field but what he does off the field with these interviews with pat mcafee where he it just feels like he doesn't give a shit and he's drinking scotch like it's out of his ass. Like, it's just, it's a different Aaron Rodgers. And I love it. Like, it's he has no care for anybody in the world except for winning with his team. And what I saw on Saturday night, and I rewatched it last night, I'm just seeing him wheeling and dealing. Like, these throws are just perfect. And like you said, lack of weapons. Well, those same lack of weapons that he had a few years ago, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, these guys are becoming elite in front of my eyes. Like, Valdez-Scantling is a reliable receiver as of late. All season. All season. And Lazard, who had a drop that could have been a touchdown earlier in the game, he made up for it on basically the same exact play later on in the game that sealed the deal for this win. And this stat just threw me for a loop, man. When they, they were about to begin the second quarter, and they put up a graphic that said the Packers have scored this amount of points in the second quarter. That is the most all-time in a quarter in the NFL. I'm like, we're just going to bypass the fact that they they are the best second-quarter team that we've ever seen. 
or any offense we've ever seen as far as points go in a quarter, that's not just a, oh, yeah, let's throw that out there. No, like we're we're watching a complete football team just dominate the Rams. I know this the score at some points didn't match it, but this felt like such a dominant victory for the Packers because there was no stopping their offense. I think there was two drives in like the fourth quarter where it's like, okay, the Rams finally got off the field. Other than that, though, it was, was there any sacks the whole game? For, I don't think there was. For the Packers side, like, given up, not many. If at all, maybe one. That's a, that's a I, good thing. To I don't at. believe oh, uh, they, no. they had any sacks on Rodgers. No, I you're know right. I there was some hits. Yeah. But um, I don't think there was any sacks. The the Packers defense got four. And, I mean, like, that that defense is really underrated, in my opinion. But the yeah. the Rams didn't get to Aaron, or, yeah, Aaron Rodgers at all. And I had a lot to do with that with um with Aaron Donald being hurt, you know, having to deal yeah. with the rib injury. He was out for a lot of these plays. Like he wasn't in there for every single play. But I, I, I think that offensive line, man, even with the loss of David Bakhtiari from a few weeks ago, they, they're just so composed, they're they're just so experienced. And this this is what we talk about when we're talking about like the Patriots for so many years, is like it's do your job. Next man up. If you got to step up, you you got to do your job. And if you do your job, we're all a unit. If we all come together, we're going to win. It's a good football team. It's a good coach team. So it doesn't matter who you plug in at wide receiver or in the offensive line. It's like they're going to adjust to it, which was really mm-hmm. nice to see because you saw like some blocking techniques go to the left side because they needed some help over there. They did that to the right side or to the inside with their, their running backs blocking. But they adjust. They do what good football teams do. And they just don't overreact to anything. I think there was a lot of good adjustments that we saw, you know, Saturday and Sunday. A lot of good uh, next man up, if I can say uh, with Henny. <laughs> man, that guy really. Henny. Henny with the Andy Reid, ballsy with Henny. And I think that's a good yeah. example of the next man up. He really showed up. But we'll talk about the Chiefs right now, I guess. Um. But I, like how you said in your previous episode, I, I, I think we all knew the outcome of that Green Bay game. And uh, I think we uh, – <laughs> yeah, I, I watched the game and I kind of knew what was going to happen. I, it was the game that I was uh, – I guess I wouldn't say least exciting, right? But it's the one that – I don't know. When you look back it was, at it, it's probably not the most memorable playoff Yeah, game. no, it wasn't. I, I I think you could say that about this like this entire weekend. There there was a lot of games that I was excited for, and I was just like, "There's something missing here," and I, I didn't care about the Rams. I, I felt like if it was the Seahawks or the Rams, it would have been the same result. I, I think Green Bay is just too damn good. It was just a matter of how the Packers look in this game going into the NFC Championship. Can they dominate, or mm-hmm. do they struggle a little bit? And we start to wonder of like, "Oh, can that defense hold up? Can this offense?" score a lot more than we think against a good uh, a really good Rams defense so to me the main things that come out of this game are that offensive line is going to be fine that whole offense is going to be fine it's the defense that was the the big thing for me it was the biggest questions but I felt like they did a good job of holding down the receivers 
Cam Akers is an absolute freak. Like yeah. I, I think Cam Akers <laughs> is just putting together one one of the best rookie seasons that it will go unsaid for for the rest of the time. But I, it really goes to the offensive line. Like that offensive line does deserve a lot of credit for not having one of their starting guards in there. But they still did a good job of opening up some holes for Cam Akers. But Cam Akers can run, dude. That dude's just a fireball, and he's strong too. He's strong for his size. So I think they have a good future in him. Jared Goff played well. Like, not, not to discredit, like, this Rams team. Like, the Jared Goff actually played really well for coming off of surgery just a few weeks ago on his throwing Ooh. thumb. And then not having Cooper Cup, they're kind of limited in that. But other than the running game, that's the only thing that this Packers defense gave up. They, they did a really good job of setting up the edge, having a really good matchup in the secondary. Ooh. I wonder how they're going to hold up against the Bucks because that's the only real bad game they had this season. But for the rematch, I, I'm I'm wanting to see this defense really step up and prove a lot of people wrong. That's going to be such a good game. I'm, I, I mean, that was the game that like really stood out in the regular season because we we kind of knew like, hey, this is a a strong possibility of seeing it in the postseason. But I just I think the pack the Packers are just too damn good, man. Like, they, they dominate time of possession. I mean, they didn't give up any turnovers, any sacks. It, it was just explosive to see this offense. I feel like not only do I want to see Aaron Rodgers succeed, but, of course, I want to see Aaron Jones succeed. I love that guy yeah, so much. of course. Um, I think that, that committee, like, they, they called it a three-headed monster. Not just mm -hmm. Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon's a fucking beast. That dude's got some strong legs. And then Jamal Williams is like one of the, the most liked guys in the NFL because he's just funny. But he's also a very talented running back. Now, when we look at this, there are potential talks about him, Aaron Jones, moving on from Green Bay, getting some good money elsewhere. I could see that. And whatever he does, I think he'll succeed anywhere. I just think that he fits that system of Green Bay so well. Of like he can do out of the backfield passes, he can just run the ball, he can block, and of course this dude represents the nine one five pretty well. But he brought. I think it was um, I think it was Todd Gurley that tweeted that he's soon to be. I think what he said like the second best paid uh, when he gets his new contract or something like that. And I think it's true. He's about to get some big money for sure. Well, anyone would be willing to pay. I mean, the Cowboys did it with Zeke. And they paid him a lot of money, even though it's not Too worth much. it. That, that's Too the much. thing. That's the thing is that, like, I think Aaron, Ro or Aaron Jones is just really good. But I'm so against giving a running back big money because Todd Gurley is one of them. Ezekiel Elliott's one of them to where we give them a bunch of money and they don't show up. There's something happens to where they don't live up to that potential when you can go off of A.J. Dillon for the next three years and, and not pay him a, a dime, really. That, that really ruins your salary cap. But, I mean, the Patriots are another good example, man. I keep going back to the Patriots, but they're kind of the example for many years of, like, you can just plug in any running back, and you have, like, four or five of them, and one of them's going to have a good game, and then it's rotation. It's like another day it's going to be Rex Burkhead that goes off. Then the next day is James, James White, Damian Harris, or Sony Michelle. It's like they, they're just plugging in different guys, and they don't pay any of these guys big money because they say, we can replace you. Like, there's other good running backs past you, so we can't just settle on one and say, let's pay him the big bucks and expect greatness every single time. 
Yeah, with the Patriots, it's always it's it's a constant question of who's that guy, you know, and then next exactly. year, like, that's that guy. <laughs> no, yeah, so. of course. Um, but overall, I, I think Green Bay. It was just it was a bad matchup for the Rams. They did all they could. They went out at least fighting, but just fall short. And this was, I think, in my opinion, a dominant victory, even though the the score doesn't show it. Now, this game sucked. Like, this game was bad. I mean, I was watching this at 4 in the morning, and even I thought, I was like, oh, this is dirty. Like, Baltimore versus Buffalo, right? One of my most anticipated matchups of this entire playoff. How the hell do we see both teams, who are really good, two of the hottest teams in the NFL, absolutely crap the entire game like the buffalo bills 17 to 3 but in the very end i'm saying this offense only scored one touchdown their other touchdown came from the pick six their offense was just not efficient they had moments they had spurts but other than that they were just not the same buffalo bills offense and then you look at baltimore who i think played just the sloppiest game. And I thought I was in the twilight zone when I saw Tyler Huntley come in for Lamar Jackson after he, what was it? Did he have a concussion? I don't, I can't remember. He did. And I was, and I was very confused about it too. Um, I mentioned to you earlier, I was doubling daddy duties at Dave and Buster's and watching the game at the same time. And I was confused when I didn't see Lamar Jackson in there. I'm like, what, what's going on? Uh, But yeah, it, it, he got hurt and, I've been saying this, actually. I've been saying this since last season, that I feel like at one point, you know, Lamar Jackson and even, like, Patrick Mahomes with their playing style, I feel like they're going to get hurt at one point or another. And coincidentally, it happened on the same, you know, on the same day. Mm -hmm. Or actually, no, on the same um, weekend, should I say. But, yeah, it was – he got concussed. And and, uh, they were plagued by a whole bunch of other little bugs, too. I mean, they were plagued by two bad, bad field goals. You know, that which would have the double doink, the, the double doink, the double doink. they would have been at nine. They would have been at nine. It would have been a totally doable game, I think. And it would have changed, I think, the outcome, I think, if they were that much more closer towards the end. So, I, I mean, I like mean once, were... once Lamar Jackson goes out, right, you feel that it's just a different football game and mm-hmm. you don't sense that if the Baltimore Ravens can't get it done with Lamar Jackson, they probably can't get it done without him. So prior to his injury. You got to talk about Justin Tucker, who is will go down as one of the best kickers of all time, one of the most accurate kickers of all time, and he doinked it back to back. And I I know that the wind's an issue, right? But I feel like you've been in the league long enough to know how to adjust to that, and I can trust you in those circumstances. So you you doink it once, you doink it twice. All right, that's tough. So then you got to rely on Lamar Jackson to get it done. Like I said, that's dude, like I said, that's tough. <laughs> it, when you rely so heavily on the running game, it's a blessing and a curse. When you have a running quarterback like Lamar Jackson and you have a stud in J.K. Dobbins, an absolute unit in Gus Edwards as well, to be your second, third best running back, that's a blessing in disguise. 
But this offense that relies so heavily on running the football, that first drive, dude, if you go back and watch it, it was the absolute most dominant running game I've ever seen. They were getting 10 yards at least on every single play that they ran. And then the Bills adjusted and they said, okay, we're just we're just going to go one-on-one, man coverage all across the secondary. We don't care who you're going to throw it to because we don't trust you in throwing the ball. So if we have eight guys in the box, seven guys in the box, well, you're not going to be able to run it for 10 yards. So eventually you're going to have to throw the ball. And once you saw them have to throw the ball, you saw Lamar Jackson just feel so uncomfortable that he wanted to run. Because the, the pocket collapsed within seconds. That offensive line played bad. So he had to run on pretty much every single passing play to roll out or to rush it past the line of scrimmage. And even then, that's when you're going to get hit. Like, you, you see some of those hits that the Buffalo Bills put on Lamar Jackson. It's like, well, you don't want to do that again. So once it came down to that, then you saw Lamar Jackson have to throw down the field. And yes, he had good throws in some parts of this game, but I felt he was just so uncomfortable that it was going to be a matter of time before Buffalo just really gains that momentum. And once that injury hit, it was over. I believe uh, the Ravens, they they had a different center, right? And uh, that might have been some issue because I know there was like a bad snap or two. Well, there, think, yeah, there was a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I think, think, that, I don't think they had a a different center. I could be wrong on that, but I just, I'm, I was watching this game in double speed, so I wasn't getting the analysis and the commentary. Right, right, right. So, I, I mean, I, I don't think so because I think uh, Makari is their starting center. I mean, their offensive line is pretty healthy other than Ronnie Stanley, but he went out middle part of the season. Other than that, DJ Fluker was on the, the injury report, but other than that, I think their center was the same. But, I mean, not just Justin Tucker, right? It just felt like this Baltimore Ravens team was just overcome by the moment. It it felt like they were overwhelmed by it. And there were mistakes all around on the defense, on the offense, special teams. And so it it doesn't just fall on Lamar Jackson. It was a Mm -hmm. whole contribution effort of bad football. But those missed snaps, those bad starts to a play, and the penalties too – like, they're just dumb penalties of, like, false start, <laughs> holding. It's so dumb. So it was just, like, after that injury happened and you put in Tyler Huntley, who looks like a great value version of Lamar Jackson. Like, he wanted to throw the ball more than he wanted to run, but he has a build like Lamar Jackson. And I was like, am I in the twilight zone right now? It, it just didn't feel right. Like, I've never seen this guy before in my life. There was Robert Griffin III. There's Trace McSorley. And then you just put in Tyler Huntley, who's the only backup quarterback. Why? I, I don't understand any of this by the Baltimore Ravens. But I, I, just, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think of this game because it just wasn't a good game all around. I think somebody tweeted something along the lines of, uh, why would you have him as your backup? That's like uh, – taking the bus while your Ferrari's in the shop or something like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it it just I... makes no sense because it's a, a, a carbon <laughs> copy of Lamar Jackson just without all the talent. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I Like when we look at the bill side, it's just, it, it was kind of underwhelming performance for, for the Buffalo bills. But I, I will say 
that if they want a strong chance to beat the Chiefs decisively, they have to run the ball. They mm-hmm. have to. Because I felt in moments you saw Josh Allen just have to force the ball down the field, and they were just going pass, 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 and then an occasional run. But it was – I think it was the first drive of the third quarter. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but that first drive in the third quarter, they actually started running the ball. And you saw Devin Singletary get a a nice gain on like two or three running plays. And then he would be sent out for a pass and he he caught it. But he just continued to drive that ball down the field with the help of Devin Singletary. And if you cannot use Devin Singletary in the future, I think this is where the Buffalo Bills kind of hurt themselves. Because we we know Josh Allen's really good, right? Like he, He is willing to throw 60... I won't times. admit it. Yeah, I agree. You better admit it. I will not admit that Josh Allen is good, but I guess he's alright. <laughs> I guess I'll have to do it for you. Um, well, you'll have to do it for me. Yeah, I, I'm, dude. Did you did you see some of those throws? I mean, he threw at least sixty yards down the field. He did overthrow a few times, and that's where I feel like the Bills you know, kind of hurt themselves in this game, and they didn't feel like a complete team. You know, Josh Allen even had a few bad throws, but in some of those bad throws, this dude's yanking it 70 yards down the field. And I said, oh, like... He's young, too. He's so young. Like, we we were just mentioning Aaron Rodgers and, and his throwing ability. He's, uh, yeah. I mean, he looks young, too. So... Yeah. My age? Weird. <laughs> it, it, makes you, it makes you think, right? It's like, what the yeah. fuck am I doing with my life? Um, yeah, if he if he could just get more of a hold on his accuracy down the field, he's even more dangerous. But he's throwing these these balls without any use of his legs. It's all mm-hmm. upper body. Mm-hmm. And, and that's fundamentally, that is not the right thing to do. We look at these quarterbacks right now, like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, whatever. Like you look at like top five quarterbacks around the league. A lot of these guys fundamentally are terrible because like <laughs> if you're a kid looking up to Josh Allen and you're saying, I could do that. And all yeah. you train is upper body without the use of your hips or your legs. You're never going to make it like this is a bad role model. If you really think about it. <laughs> so like Josh Allen used your legs and we might throw 80 yards down the field, but this dude just uses upper body. Like it's nothing. And it glides down the field. So, <laughs> You know, what's crazy is, is look at the age difference, too, between the AFC and the NFC right now in the current situation yes. right now. Such young guys versus grandpas. Grandpas, yeah. I think the average <laughs> age for the AFC is 25 for the remaining yeah. quarterbacks. And then the average is, like, at least, what, 38, 37? Almost my dad's age. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, like, like Brett Favre, congratulations. You started a whole revolution of old quarterbacks. Um but back to Josh Allen and like the reliancy in having to throw the ball. Yeah. It's not going to hold up against, I would assume the Kansas city chiefs or if you make the super bowl, green Bay Packers. I just don't think that holds up because the Kansas city chiefs, when they are super dangerous, it's when they're using their running game as well. Whether it's Williams or when Clyde Edwards Alaire is healthy, Le'Veon Bell's kind of just been there, but he hasn't been impactful. But like 
beginning of the season, right? We, we saw Clyde Edwards and Laird just pop off. And we thought to ourselves, if the Chiefs can, can just control the ball, control the time, win time of possession, and have like a drive of five minutes or more, even with their explosive offense, there's no way you have a chance. There's absolutely no way you can win this football game because you can't stop either Patrick Mahomes or Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now with Clyde being injured, and I don't know what the severity of his injury is, it's like there is a way to beat the Chiefs. There is. And so there is a way to beat the Bills too, which is to force them to throw the ball all the time, have five DBs, six DBs on the field, because they're not going to run the ball. But if they yeah. can run the ball, I think they're just a very dangerous football team. And without that, that's where I feel like the Bills can fall or they can be conquered. If the Bills win the Super Bowl, you will never hear from me again. That's all I'm saying. I'm buying you a Bills jersey. <laughs> no, you're not. Yes, I am. I'm buying you one of those like Fugazi ones too, like the ones you buy in China for 20 bucks. <laughs> I'll buy you like the most it, like color rush Josh Allen jersey. There's no stitching at all. It's kind of just like one L on there. It's one L. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, okay, you, you got to admit they're, they're doing pretty good. I think no matter who ends up making it at the end, it's going to be a kick-ass game. The AFC Championship is going to be kick-ass. The NFC Championship is going to be kick-ass. The Super Bowl is going to be kick-ass. It's going to be a. a uh, a couple of games that are going to be interesting to bet on because I really can't even guess. Like if you were going to do like a plus eight or parlay, or I don't really know what to do. I wouldn't know who to bet on, so I'm not going to bet. Actually. Yeah, I think we're past the point of like betting in your favor. I think yeah. there's like matchups in these playoffs, like the Rams versus the the Packers. Like I would have bet money on the Packers, right? Yeah. And then the next game that we're looking at, which is the Browns and, and the Chiefs. That 10-point spread, I was like, you're ridiculous to think that the, the Chiefs would win by more than 10. I know they're great, and I know the Browns are given the stigma of, like, they're the Browns, right? Like, I'm not going to be a Juju Smith-Schuster here. But, like, I felt like it was going to be a closer game. I just had a feeling, right? Just that magic of the Browns, you know, staying in it, you know, giving themselves an opportunity to win. This was a very weird football game. It was so weird. So weird. I, I just told myself, I was like, when they were down, I think it was 19 to 10. And I went out to eat with one of uh, my former coworkers. He was like, why are you even intrigued with this game? Like, it's over. And I'm like, excuse me, sir. This is barely going into the third quarter, down by nine, which is nothing in the NFL, considering that the, the fucking Browns put up 28 and a quarter. <laughs> so what makes you think that it's just over? And then on cue, Patrick Mahomes goes down with a concussion. And you're thinking, Chad Henney is all right. But you have a chance to win this football game if you're the Browns. Now, let's talk about this play. Rashard Higgins goes for the touchdown. And kind of like, like the for me, it hits home because of Dez caught it. And anybody who says differently is an absolute idiot. I don't know what your take is on that. If you think that Des didn't catch it, I'm going to stop this podcast right now. <laughs> well, the reason I would say he didn't is because then that would be contradictory towards that uh, Steelers-Patriots uh, game that's, where Jesse James... That's where I was going to say, like, you know a little bit more or a little bit of the... Yeah. Is it a catch? Is it 
a football move, which is in this case what Higgins did, of like Jesse James with the Steelers and the Patriots. Like, I I, I got to see the the play again, but I felt like it was a catch and it was a touchdown. Yeah, and the, and I wasn't there like some time some issues with like timeouts too that happened on that play. Well, I think it kept the because they lost the timeout right, and then. There was like a scrimmage issue or something, and I think they lost another timeout, and I think that plagued them at the end, actually. Yes, because they because they would have gotten the ball back, and I'm yeah. just kind of thinking this in my head. I could be wrong, but I think they had an opportunity to get the ball back. But if they did have more timeouts, it would have been a lot easier to actually go down the field. Man, that that whole game was insane. I mean, when when Patrick game. when I saw the when, uh, Patrick Mahomes get hurt, I saw it and I was like. Did you understand how he got hurt? I didn't. I didn't. I mean, it didn't look bad from the replay. Be, no, it but didn't. when he got up, he was pale. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was yeah, yeah. White, and so I think it was a knee to the head from mm. one of the the Browns defenders. But I honestly thought, from first glance, I thought it was his foot because he aggravated it earlier in the game. And I thought yeah, it was just yeah. too much pain for him to handle. So I thought he went to the locker room just to get it checked up. But then I saw the replay of him just looking dazed. And I was like, oh, my God, this is he's actually got a concussion. I think it was, was it Adam Schefter. I don't remember who tweeted it. Somebody said that they were with a medical professional or something. And that that person said that with, from what they saw, it looked like uh, there was a blood flow cut off to his artery, which – cut off blood flow to his brain, which essentially kind of made him woozy, Ooh. which that makes more sense because I did see at one point when he came down, his head kind of like went like that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I'm not sure what, ha- I hope he gets better. I mean, nobody ever wants to see that kind of stuff. So I, I prayers out to Patrick Mahomes. I don't think they've said if he's good to go for next game well, or not, right? They were very early on in the concussion protocol. And, and yeah. that's just a real bitch in the NFL to where you can be out a few days, maybe a week at the most, or you're out for the next three. But it's hard to do it at this point in the season when you literally have the most important game of your season in six days. But this is pro- but, but you know what? It was proven. It was proven that anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Man, what a what a stud, bro. What he's what, 35, I think? I <laughs> I mean, he's he's been in the league as long as I've been alive. That's what I think. Like, I've seen him on, like, four different teams. I couldn't tell you, like, how long he's been in the NFL. But it's been a very long time. I I think it was, like, an 11-yard run. When when he went for it and I saw him dive for that first down, I was like, that's it. That's I don't even know who they're going to put in. They're going to put in Andy Reid is going to go in for quarterback. I don't know. (laughs) But, I mean – what a stud, man. My, my respect to him. He held on, and that's all that matters. And, and that fourth and inches, fourth and inches, and you decide to run a shotgun to Tyree Kill on the most important play of the game. Shotgun. Uh, the balls on Andy Reid, man. The balls, man. It's the so unpredictable. Balls. That's why it works. Because you just don't know what the Chiefs are going to do. They're so dynamic, and the misdirection – the just the creativity of Andy Reid. That's the reason why they they won last year, and they've been in the hunt for so many years with Andy Reid. It they're just so damn unpredictable. Really though, and and I mean when it was like fourth and inches, I thought okay this is gonna be quarterback sneak, but then it wasn't. 
I mean, you put it, put it in the hands of Chad Henney with his arm. Uh, props <laughs> well, well, like, by the way, that pick, that that pick he threw towards the to the end zone was horrible. I mean, it was it was like he passed it to him, you know. And after that, you know, I would have thought Andy Reid would have said, "Okay, that's it." But that just shows how much trust Andy Reid actually has for him because after that play, kept him on there, and sure enough, Andy stepped up to the plate. And you know, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play next game. It's it's hard to say. I don't know if they'll be in good shape or not, but it it because it's weird. It was partially luck. It really was. I mean, you held on. That's all that matters, right? But there were multiple times to where the Cleveland Browns could take over this game and win this football game, and even if it was a technicality of like, well, you beat Chad Henney, you didn't beat Patrick Mahomes. I've been like, I'm taking it if I'm the Cleveland fucking Browns. <laughs> I was like, I just dismantled the Pittsburgh Steelers who were yeah. dancing on my logo for so many weeks. And now I'm being one of the favorites in the AFC. I'm taking it. I don't care what you say. So that play, that Higgins play, it's a dumb rule, right? We can both agree it's a dumb rule. Yeah. But it's it's part of the game. It's part of the game. Like, if he would have been two inches closer... We think it's a spectacular effort, and what a play by him, right? But just because it was two inches short, it was a dumb decision. It's a dumb rule. It's a dumb thing. Whatever. After that, and you see Baker Mayfield just put his head down and say, crap. Like, you just you just thought yourself, like, it's a typical Cleveland Browns day. Because after that... I don't know if it was before or after, but Nick Chubb had those two drops on his screen plays or his underneath throw. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, now the Browns are just killing themselves. The Chiefs gave you opportunities to get back in this football game and to win the football game. But you fell short. All in all, though, I, I think the Browns' season is a, is a win. Like, like, would you was, agree? I, I would agree. I would agree. And and overall, I think it was an amazing football game. Um, I think there was a lot of games this season that the Browns had that were just like that, where you're at the edge of your seat. I think it was uh, when they played you guys, the, the Cowboys. Remember that game? Don't remind me, please. I mean, well, I mean, I don't mean to, but I mean, that was a hell of a game, too. And uh, I don't know. I think next season, the, the, the Browns are going to definitely be a contender. I don't know. Some people are saying that this is the start of a rivalry in the AFC. And uh, I can see it happening. I don't know. But uh, it was it was a hell of a game. I'm I'm really proud of Baker Mayfield. I'm a huge Baker Mayfield fan, also ever since he was with OU. Uh, so it's it's good to see him get this far. I really I think me collectively, and I think 90% of the Earth's population wanted to see the Browns win. Um, it would have been cool if it would have happened, but I mean, what happened happened. It was a really good game, and uh, we'll see what they do next season. Uh, I don't know. I liked it a lot. I know a lot of people thought it was a boring game. I I didn't think it was at all. Oh, no. It was a controversial game. Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, it was probably the best game of the weekend. It was. It was. So, I mean, props to to both teams. I, I think they, they both tried their best. I think the better team won, obviously. And um, it, it's the biggest story out of all of it, though. You got to think, it's like if Patrick Mahomes is out, how how do you rely on Chad Henney for 60 minutes against a explosive Buffalo Bills team? 
I, I don't think you can because both of these defenses, right? Now that we got the AFC matchup uh, locked in for the championship, we got Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs where both of their defenses are, we're going to give up a lot of yards, but when it gets down to the red zone, that's when we're really going to shut you down or limit you. Now, that is a fine line to play when you can easily give up 30 points, 35 points with these defenses that bend, don't break, but they can break in certain in certain circumstances. So I think also a bit a big thing that uh, that I, I wonder how different it would have been. Also, you know, as as weird as this season has been, playing at Arrowhead with no people is way different than playing at Arrowhead with a packed stadium. So I wonder how how different the outcome would have been if we would have had a normal season then, and it would have been just as loud as it usually is in Arrowhead. Well, then at that point, I don't think the Bill or the Browns stand a chance. I don't think so either. You know, it's very much like uh, you know when the Seahawks play at home. That twelfth man is is plays a lot. You know, yeah, for sure. Um, you sense that this season, like the Seahawks were just missing something. They're always missing something, right? Well, I felt like not having that home field advantage was just not their collapse or their kryptonite, but like that when you rely so heavily on that, it, it is a very important key, and especially for like the Green Bay Packers, right? Like it may not be so much the fans that are making the noise, but just the atmosphere of Lambo. <laughs> if you have to play in 20 degree weather, I'm not going to have a good time. I no. don't want to play that, especially if I'm used to LA with the sunny weather yeah. or exactly. down in Tampa where it's humid, but it's still sunny. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be used to 20 degree weather. If that's best case scenario, by the way, because it could be like zero degrees. It could be freezing. So, this season, that's why it benefits the Green Bay Packers so much to have that home field advantage because it's not just the fans. They had 9,000 people there that made a good amount of noise. Mm-hmm. But I think it was more impactful to have no fans in mm-hmm. snowing weather to yeah. where it's frigid cold against the Tennessee Titans, and you saw that. Like Tennessee just did not feel like right being in that weather. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. It's just a whole different atmosphere not having your crowd. Arrowhead's one of the – loudest stadiums in, in, in all the NFL mm-hmm. and with the bills coming in town, they're used to kind of having m- m- some fans, not all fans, but it does play a factor. And um, only, only the best of the best can overcome that noise. I mean, going back again to the Patriots, that AFC uh, championship game, I think it was the first one that, uh, that uh, Patrick Mahomes went to. When the Patriots won and eventually went to the Super Bowl, it was loud. I remember that even through the TV, it sounded just mm-hmm. insanely loud, you know, and it came down to the end and it was crazy. And I, and I can't imagine the pressure on a, for example, the pressure that Josh Allen would have, you know, at 24 years old, AFC championship, so much on the line. And, and just imagine just adding all that noise. Yeah. I could not imagine the pressure. I mean, I've spoken in front of like got 20 people and I feel like I'm going to pee myself. So I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it, I definitely sense that on uh, the Baltimore Ravens game. I felt like Josh Allen was kind of frantic. Like uh, a lot of these players were nervous for this game. It just mm-hmm. the nerves took over a little bit. So Josh Allen only playing in his what third postseason game. Mm-hmm. Where in the first game against the Texans, he was really nervous, and it was just it felt like frantic for him and his offense. 
last week against the Colts did, I think, a good job of handling the nerves. And it did help that he was playing at home. But, I mean, he was very composed. I didn't feel that this time. I didn't feel that in Josh Allen to where he just felt composed and, and ready to go. Felt like there was a little bit of nerves. So going into next week with Arrowhead, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the AFC Championship at such a young age, that is something to look into for sure. I, I'm I'm actually really intrigued to see that. We'll see if the lights are too bright for him that day. Hey. They hey, might be. Those, those lights, when they shine on you, some people just can't handle it. Patrick Mahomes can, though. Oh, we can. But will he play? Will he play? But will he play? That's the question. This and more on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. What? <laughs> um, you know who can't play under the lights anymore? Drew Brees. He ain't uh, playing anymore. <laughs> hey, but let me let me start out by saying this though. I, I, I commend Drew Brees uh for for you know being a man, really. Didn't he break I think he broke like he broke or fractured what eleven ribs? Eleven ribs something? and a collapsed lung. Yeah. Yeah, props to him. Huge props to him. I mean, I mean, I know it's a tough loss and and all that, and that might be the end of him. But I mean, fuck, what a tough guy. I mean, he's going for QB sneaks too. Like he's extending his body to get a first down or a touchdown with those non fully healed ribs and collapsed lung. Yeah, that is a a soldier right there. And he's a soldier. If you're gonna go out, go out in New Orleans style of like mm-hmm. we're gonna go down with a fight. The last time that we're gonna see Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Last time we're ever going to see it. Um, it. It lived up to its hype. But I think this was the most, I guess, convincing way for Tampa to give me the feeling they're going to have a chance against Green Bay. I needed this game for Tampa. I wasn't sold against Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team where you barely squeak by and you do the job. I need a win that solidifies that we are legit. And this defense, yeah, all this defense is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree as well. And so with the whole Tom Brady and Drew Brees thing, the whole this whole season, I think I've also been thinking. Every time I saw Drew Brees play, every time I saw Tom Brady play, shit, every time, every time I see. I don't know, any old quarterback play, I think I got to kind of enjoy this because this might be like the last time. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, my son that's here, I'm going to tell him about when I used to see Tom Brady play. I'm like, I remember when you were a kid and I used to see Tom Brady play. I used to see Drew Brees play. Daddy, and it's very much like that. What's up, son? I want some pizza. Okay. Pizza. I'm going to go right now, okay? Uh, I mean, I would like some and, pizza too. Yeah, yeah, we would all like some pizza. And and it's really cool to see that matchup, Drew Brees and Tom Brady. It's going to be one of those matchups that we talk about in 20 years. So it was very cool to see both of them. And, and, and I think Drew Brees, I think if anything, I think he's just glad he lost to Tom Brady. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to go out to anybody else, it would have been, been to me. either. So if we think about it, it's like you either go out to Tom Brady. I'm fine yeah. with that. I either go out to Aaron Rodgers if I make it to the yeah. NFC Championship. Or if I make yeah, the yeah. Super Bowl, I go out to Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. That would be the future. So I would pass the torch to them. Exactly. I ain't and, losing to Blake Bortles or to Nick Foles. Did you um did you see when he walked out of the tunnel? That look back. Yes. That last look back. I almost cried. I definitely almost cried. 
I don't think it it'll will. hit me until like he actually retires because it's just one of those moments where we don't fully know that he's going to retire. It's not 100% signed, sealed, delivered. I just have a sense that he wants to come back for one more year. I feel like Drew Brees is just that guy. Now, if it is the end of the road and he does retire and we look back at it, we put the sad music on a TikTok where he's looking back <laughs> slow motion. That's where it's going to hit me. I just want to see Taysom Hill shine. Stop. Stop. <laughs> you with Taysom Hill. Eddie with Jameis Winston, and he's just eating the W. I, I can't handle you two. I can't handle Patriots fans. Can't do it. Taysom Hill to the Patriots. I want to see it. You you would not want that. I would take Jameis Winston over Taysom Hill. At least Jameis Winston, who, by the way, had one throw in this game and was a touchdown. Amazing throw. Amazing. A, good throw a really good throw. Did you know that it was actually the same play that the Chicago Bears ran last week, it was just it ended with a touchdown because Javon, uh, Javon Wims, uh, Butterfingers and all, decided to drop it. Say it. What kind of league is it? Say it. Say it. It's a, it's a copycat league. <laughs> oh, it, it's like an old man saying defense wins championships. I just have to get it out. I have to. Get uh, it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it really was, and they. they they played it out very well because he was wide open. I mean, I was perfectly designed. The if you watch that play, let's just talk about how much attention Alvin Kamara gets. Alvin Kamara, who by the way had 85 yards uh, rushing, I think he had a few catches, 20 yards. So he was over 100 total yards in this game. And I said, the Saints rely so heavily on Alvin Kamara to get the ball down the field, whether that's through running through passing, and in this game in particular, man, the amount of underneath throws. I don't know how many times these commentators said underneath throw by Tampa, by New Orleans. It was a lot of dump passes to the running backs or, or to an out route for five yards. Right. That's that's the whole way that the Saints stayed in this football game is by underneath throws to Alvin Kamara and to Ty Montgomery a few times. But – the amount of attention that Alvin Kamara gets, and yet he still thrives. He still finds a way to break some tackles. I mean, some of the workouts he does for his low center of gravity, his balance, that dude is just a freak of nature. And it showed in this game. But on that play in particular, we see him roll out to the left, and you see four guys, legit four guys, go, him, go after him. He still beats all of them. He, if he throws that, I think if he throws a floater over the top, I think Alvin Kamara catches that ball. But no, Jameis is like, well, there's four. So there's seven. That guy's wide open. Oh, shit. Okay. Wide open. It, just completely wide open. And it's all because of Alvin Kamara. So I don't know how you're going to continue to pay this guy or, or have a good team around him whether it's Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston next year. But if your offense does not evolve or revolve around Alvin Kamara, I don't know what the Saints have. Because Michael Thomas had, like, what, one target in this game? Or no, four mm -hmm. targets. He had no catches. Well, that's terrible out of a guy that's supposed to be one of the best wide receivers in the league. And it's crazy because all those, all the, that amazing play and everything is all really for nothing. And, and, you know, not only did the – 
that the Saints lose because, you know, the Bucks were just the better football team that day, but they also just lost because of their own mistakes, I think. And, you know, mostly Drew Brees with those picks. There's yeah. a lot of missed opportunities. But um, what a fucking play, man. I, I jumped. I, that again, was a- I was I was, at, I was at Dave and Buster's, and it was just one of those moments where I kind of lost track of where my son was for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was but a beauty. Yeah, it was a beauty. It was a beauty. Um, I I will also be the first to say, I miss Tom Brady. I miss Tom Brady when 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 they put the look on his face and he was like, "Where the fuck are we going?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, Psycho Tom." Psycho Tom came out. He's coming. Yeah. Psycho Tom is it. just something different, man. It's very weird because outside of the football field. He is the – I feel like he's the nicest guy in the world. He's very polite. He's soft-spoken. Uh, like the the video that always just comes to mind is when they ask him, like, who's your role model? And he's like, my dad. And he starts tearing up. My dad. Just I, – I, I feel for that. And it's a very nice moment for a guy that's just – he's always smiling. He's always putting up that post on Instagram after a dub. He's like, w. Hey, hey, Bucks Nation, hey, Patriots Nation, whatever. And – then he, he just get on the field and he turns into an absolute murderer. Like he yells at everybody possible. And if you drop the ball when he throws it to you, the amount of disgust in his face when he co- when you come back to the to the huddle, unlike any other, it's a disappointed father. <laughs> and I I missed that fire definitely. Um, but whatever, Cam Newton is my quarterback. <laughs> you, I mean, it could be worse. It could be when you're on Twitter at two in the morning and you're just scrolling through the discovery page and you see a, a an NFL or Cowboys page say since 1995, 1997, whatever, uh, there's been this amount of seasons in the NFL and the amount of times that the Cowboys have gone to the NFC championship in 25 years has been zero. The amount of times that Tom Brady has been to the NFC Championship in 25 years is one. The amount of time he's been in the NFC uh, conference is one year. And then you just hate yourself because you cheer on a team that's going nowhere. It could be worse, Irving. It could be worse. I mean, do you ever watch rewatch Cowboys Super Bowls or anything like that? No. No. Um, oh, well, it's probably because you don't have a, v, uh, a VHS player, right? I mean, you need one of those to watch Cowboys Super Bowls. I mean, you... you is that is that I I got it I got it I was gonna be like well you can look it up on you no it's it's just a that's how long it's been it's fucking pretty Cowboy Super Bowl is in the attic the the dusty Cowboy Super Bowl is in the attic the VHS tapes that shit somewhere like at an old Blockbuster they wherever that still exists there's just one I, store in like Wyoming or I, something I think they talked about like Tiger Woods like starting his career his rise his fall and his rise again. And that was all in the span between the Cowboys and the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, bro. I don't mean to do all these jabs. It's just so easy. It's, it's a low hanging. Hey, no, I they deserve it. You know, I, <laughs> you know, I've always, you know, dealt with the issue and and the. And, but you are right, though. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Nobody can predict the future. Maybe that's the way we're going to. Maybe I'm just going to be bitter for the next 20 years when my son is my age and. And I'll talk about how great Tom Brady was back in my day, you know. One of us. One of us. No, no, no. Yes. This, Join the club. This hypothetical conversation. I'm not saying I'm not manifesting <laughs> it. You you saw the part where I told Eddie, I was like, 
Well, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the season that the Patriots and the Cowboys would have had right around the same record and and be kind of the same football team, I've been like, great. Like, that's awesome. And then he's like, you didn't expect this, didn't you? I was like, no. I was like, nobody. Pain. This whole season was just so weird. And, and I wish I could blame, you know, oh, the Patriots didn't do good because it was a weird season. But, I mean, you really can't. I mean, it is what it is. And whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here we are, though. Um, at least Tom Brady's but, uh, thriving in, in Tampa. I'm excited to see uh, uh, Tom Brady, you know, do good. And uh, if he wins the seventh one, it is what it is. But, you know, I will tell you something for sure. One of my bucket list goals, I mean, I guess you could, some people have a midlife crisis. I'm having a cancer life crisis. I feel like I need to do everything. <laughs> for sure, one of the things I do want to do is go see that Patriots Bucks game in Foxborough. I told myself, I need to see Tom Brady play before I before he retires or before I die. Yeah. And I'm going to see him. He's not going to be in a Patriots uniform. But I'm going to see him play, and, and and this is live and direct. I'm going to see him lose in Foxborough. I'm saying this right now. And I, next season, we're going to talk again, and we're going to talk about Cam Newton or Jared Stidham or whatever. Just nah, kicking nah. some Brady. Treat yourself. Ass. Deshaun Watson is going to be the quarterback. Just Deshaun, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, whoever Love wins. It. We'll see it. We'll see it. So are, is it Batman. for sure that they're playing next season? hopefully by then there's actually a crowd now let me ask you this do you expect booze for tom brady booze yes nah i i don't know i don't think so you know tom brady has done too too much for the patriots to even hate on him you know of course i think we're all salty that he left but at the end of the day how could you hate on him you know how could you i mean he, he brought you promise he brought you six championships it is. And, you know, some people will – Yeah, I hate the argument when people, oh, you're only a Patriots fan because of Tom Brady because you've only seen him be good. And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, that might be true. But also keep in mind, I was born in 97. Tom Brady started playing in like 2000, 2001. I mean, yeah. that's – I've only seen greatness. You know, it's easy to like him. Same reason why, you know, people will be Cowboys fans if they became Cowboys fans in the mid-80s, early 90s and stuff like that, you know, so – I, I can't hate on Tom Brady. I, I, I really do wish he would have never left, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm happy for him. I won't boo him. I'll applaud. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's strictly business when that game starts, and I want to see him go down and in, 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 uh, in Bill We Trust, and that, that is the end of my argument. Thank you for coming to my TED <laughs> I completely agree with you because it's a weird feeling. It's what I felt with Tony Romo, but more what I feel with Dak Prescott is that mm-hmm. it, I love the team, right? But there's just a separate love that I have for Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott that I just feel like this is the embodiment. This is the Dallas Cowboys right here of like what I want my organization to be like. That's what I want my role model or my poster boy to be. And for Mm -hmm. many years, for your entire life, basically, it's been Tom Brady. And Tom Brady has preached excellence and perfection. And knowing that if he's on the field, you feel good about where you are as, as a Patriots fan mm-hmm. and knowing that you have a good chance of winning. That's how I feel about Dak Prescott, uh, Dak Prescott. So when I say like, if he leaves, I don't want to be a Cowboys fan anymore, or I'll be a fan of that team. It's, it's just not me trying to be like yeah. really like ugly or just be a bandwagon fan. It's like, no, it's just at some point in 2016. And I don't know if you've ever had this moment, but 
in 2016 when they drafted Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott, which at that time I didn't know he was going to be who he was. And then that injury happens to uh, Tony Romo against the Seahawks in the preseason of all times. And Mm -hmm. then Dak Prescott comes in. That whole season, just moments of that season, it was the Steelers game, the Vikings game, and then the divisional round games or the divisional games in the NFC East where I fell in love with this team again. It was, it was a long time that I didn't feel that energy. I didn't feel that greatness or happiness in my heart of being a Cowboys fan. You know, after mm-hmm. Dez caught it, that moment happens. You're kind of like, well, then 2015. Debatable. Was, Debatable. Whatever. After 2015 happens where they go like 4-12, and 12, I mean, they are an absolute disgrace of a football team. I'm kind of like, where do we go from here? Because Tony's coming to the end. Jason Wynn's coming to an end. We don't have DeMarco Murray anymore. Who's our running back? And our defense is going to be our defense. We suck. I I fell out of it. Like, I just didn't have the same love for the Cowboys anymore. It just felt like we were going to go on a, another path of of embarrassment. And then those, that year of 2016 happens, and I kid you not. It was just... Whenever, if I ever meet Dak Prescott, I, I'm telling him, I'm not asking for a picture. I'm not asking for an autograph. I'm saying, you helped me fall in love with football again. Yep. I fell in love with football because of you and Ezekiel Elliott. So with that, no matter where you go, like DeMarcus Ware, when he left the Cowboys to the Denver Broncos and he won a championship there, I cried. I felt so happy for him because he represented the Cowboys well. And I fell in love with the Cowboys because of DeMar- DeMarcus Ware. Mm-hmm. that's how I feel about Dak Prescott. So if he goes to the Patriots, if he goes to Chicago or San Francisco, whatever, and he wins the Super Bowl there, I, I'd be ecstatic. I mean, I'd be just bliss, like blissful at the, at the opportunity to watch a guy like that who deserves championships to win one. Overall, though, I mean – at the end of the day, yeah, we all have our teams, our preferences and all that. But I think collectively, I think we're all football fans. So when we see good football players succeed, I think we're all collectively happy. You know, there's some salty people out there that will not. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure there's salty Patriots fans that if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, they're going to be salty about it. But I mean, I think collectively as football fans, we all hate to see bad things happen and we all love to see good things happen. I don't think there was any football fan that you know, was happy to see Dak Prescott get injured this season. Mm-hmm. That was horrible. I mean, really, that man put the emotion that he had afterwards, man, I don't even think he was crying because of his broken leg. It, it was because he, was. he knew that without him, the team would, I, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as saying like they would just ruin their season, but knowing that yeah. he won't be there for them to, to carry mm-hmm. them to wins or to a season, that's exactly. what hurt the most. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know if if uh, if if we end up getting uh, Dak Prescott, it's going to be awesome. But uh, going back to Tom Brady, I'll be happy for him if he wins. You know, I'll be happy for any good quarterback that wins because at the end of the day, the amount of work that it takes to get to that point to to win it all. I mean, to go against so many great teams, uh, a weird season played by uh, disease, not being able to that relationship you build with your team, not being able to see him canceled practices and all it's been a tough season so Mm -hmm. i think whoever wins this one is going to be you know it's going to be i think a a little bit more special just because i think there was a lot more things to overcome this season than you know regular seasons for sure and uh 
I really did want to see the Browns win it all. I mean, I think that would have been the perfect farewell to 2020. Such a yeah. weird year. Wouldn't it have been perfect if the Browns won the Super Bowl? You know, if we could go back in time and, hey, man, this happened in 2020. There's a pandemic, this, this, and that. And guess what? The Browns won the Super Bowl. That would have been perfect. But it is what it is. Yeah. So final uh, final topic or final uh, uh, conversation. So who do you have winning the AFC and NFC championship? And with those winners, who wins the Super Bowl? Okay. Now, again, my opinion, you know, is, is uh, very biased. I, I will be the first to say. Again, uh, like I reiterated earlier, I'm not at the caliber of, of your great co-hosts that you've had before, like Eddie and, and Kevin and stuff like that. But this is my two cents. I think in the AFC. <sighs> okay, give me a situational, though. Is, is Patrick playing or is Patrick not playing? I think if Patrick plays, if Patrick plays, this is my prediction. I think the lights are too bright for Josh, and I think it's going to be a win, Kansas City. And I don't, I can't give you a score. I'm not good at that kind of stuff. I never guess it right, but I think it's going to be a pretty uh, significant win by Kansas City in the AFC. Cool. In the NFC, I think that's going to be a shootout, gunslinger and gunslinger, but. Again, the bias is there. I think Tom Brady has the experience. He's been there so many times. His his postseason stats are just phenomenal. You can't even compare anybody to him. I think he's more comfortable in that situation. I think um, I think he shows up. I think he shows up. I think Tom Brady wins that one, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't. I think it's going to be just stupid close. I think it's going to come down to the last play. I don't even think there's going to be a victory formation. I literally think it's going to be down to the last play. Yeah. But I think Tom Brady wins. Okay. And now we go Super Bowl. Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. I think Tom Brady gets that redemption that he's looking for because I know he's not happy about the last time that they played. Well, when he was with the Patriots. So, I think Tom Brady takes it all. Wow. I think Tom Brady takes it all. But... Again, that's my bias, and that's just what I want to see. But if, if we're being real, it's going to be a tough, tough game because Andy Reid, man. Andy Reid has shown time and time again that he's nobody to fuck with. True. But uh, if it, that's my two cents, and, and I think Tom Brady takes it all. Ooh, okay. I am completely – Very different from – I know very different from what you're about to say. Yeah. <laughs> because personally, I think – no matter if Patrick Mahomes plays or not, I'm going with the Bills. Ah, no! I I got a feeling that really? that Josh Allen, you got will, a feeling, will will go off. But I do think that running game is going to be very important in this AFC Championship. Um, you got, you got a feeling, you black eyed pea. <laughs> I'm, I'm Fergalicious, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think the Bills pull off the upset right. because there there's been games, there's been plenty of film to say that the Chiefs are beatable and very beatable at that, as I might add. Their defense isn't stepping up to the same extent that they did last season. Mm -hmm. I felt that that defense was very underrated as far as what they did in the secondary last year, especially in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that this season they're still good they're not great and then having Patrick Mahomes who has been playing good but not to the same caliber mm -hmm. as maybe Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers 
I do sense this is my it might be kind of like a Golden State Warriors type of thing where they they just kind of cruise by the regular season and mm-hmm. then when it comes down to actually having to prove themselves and play perfect football, I think they fall short. I don't know why, but the if someone can establish a run in this AFC Championship, I think that team will win. But I think this Bills defense it has a lot to prove. Remember, remember what what they came out and said after the game against the Ravens. They said that they couldn't stop Lamar Jackson, they couldn't stop the running game. And they did they pulled the Michael Jordan from the last dance and they said, "And we took it personally." They're taking it personally against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Now, if Chad Henney plays, well then we just throw this out all the window. Anything is possible, but the Bills win by 40. Anyways, so 40. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, there, there's no way that Chad Henney goes for like over 200 yards in that game. So okay, so what's your what, oh, you're pretty good at this. So what's your score prediction? So Bills win if there's Patrick Mahomes I'm going to say 27's coming to mind. 27 27 27 24 Damn. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If Chad Henney's involved, I'm saying 35-17. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And it'll be like a garbage time touchdown too. Um <laughs> so yeah, I I think Bills win no matter what. I'm going for the okay. upset. What, what about what about NFC? What do you think? Now with the Bucks having a solid mm. win and their defense playing really well against the New Orleans Saints, Devin White just balled out. Their their defensive front really got to Drew Brees on that offensive line. And then their offense, uh, Tom Brady didn't play phenomenal, but he he did what he had to do. And he mm-hmm. found his tight ends. He found his receivers pretty well. They, they made the crucial plays. So with that said, Green Bay Packers all the way. Okay. I, I think Green okay. Bay is just too damn good. Now, now what you said, it's going to be a lot closer, and I do agree with that. I'm saying it's a one-point game at the very end. Either oh. that or a field goal. Like Three points is the largest margin of victory for this game. Yeah. This is a completely different Bucks team to where it was at the first matchup of the season. This is a much completely different Bucks team in general from from the regular season. And I think that the Green Bay Packers, after that loss, had a reality check. I think yeah. that after that game, they said, we are not perfect. We are not yeah. unstoppable. So they changed it up. They adapted. And now they're an even better football team than they were at the beginning of the season. And... I, I just cannot tell you enough how amazing it is to watch Aaron Rodgers play. Mm-hmm. So I think in this game, 35-34 uh, Packers. Oh! I, I think it is a shootout, and it's going to be damn good to watch. It could be like the Super Bowl. Like, that that should be the Super Bowl kind of expectation. So, okay. Packers so if you think Bills. If you think the, the, the Packers are going to win by one point, what there's always a crucial mistake. What do you think is going to be the crucial mistake by the Bucks that are that's going to cost them the game? Chris Godwin dropping a touchdown, like Chris Chris really? Godwin dropping a pass, like a, a potentially crucial momentum changing pass because he's had a few problems with drops over the last couple of weeks. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think I, it might be his, his hand because I know he injured it earlier in the season. It, it was his finger. And I don't think it's fully recovered yet. So I think right. that his drops are altered by that. Right. So I, I think if it comes down to like Chris Godwin having to make a crucial catch, I think he drops it. It's going to be in a very important part of the game. Ooh, I hope it comes true. I, I mean, I have my own biased opinions, but I'm very much like whatever happens, happens, and I would be happy to see it because regardless of the outcome of who wins the AFC, NFC Championship, and even the Super Bowl, it's going to be a great game, and I'm going to be happy to see it. Yeah. But if it goes down like that, 34-35, oh, man. Well, well I'm not done. Packers oh, and Bills in the Super Bowl. he's not done. No, Packers and Bills in the Super Bowl. Done. But wait, there's more. It is going to be the highest scoring Super Bowl of all time. I'll, I'll go that far. I think defense does not matter in this part of the season. I don't think defense is – they, they're going to give up points. So when we get the two best offensive teams in football right now, which the Bills, Packers, uh-huh. and their defenses are good, not great, I think the Packers' defense is underrated, but they do give up a lot of yards and, and occasional few points. When you have Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen – I think it's just going to be a, a, a frenzy of offense. I mean, deep passes, just just absolute highlight reels of mm-hmm. of, uh, of plays. Right. So, highest scoring game in NFL history, or Super Bowl of all time, which I don't know what it is off my head, but I'll say Packers win 45-42. to 42. And then I want to see it. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers gets a second ring. <laughs> That's going to be great. That's going to be awesome. Seeing that uh, green and yellow confetti come down. I can already see it. Which will be at, where are they having the Super Bowl this year? It's at, um, it's at Tampa. Is it? Oh, 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 then in that case, no, I stand by it because there's, there's always that thing of like a team can play a home game in the Super Bowl, but they never do. Uh, I think uh, th- th- if, if, uh, if hypothetically, right, if, th- if uh, the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl, I think Tom Brady would be, it would be like the first team to win a Super Bowl at home, right? Would that be the case? Um, I don't know if it's ever happened before, but. No, I, I can't, I can't think of anything like that. Um, that's actually a good thing. Let's look it up real quick as we, we wrap it up. Um, okay, we're going to go right now, okay? Let's see here. So far, no team has ever won the Super Bowl at their home stadium. Jeez. What Super Bowl are we at? I 55. 55. No. Fif- uh, yeah. 54. 50. It's 55. Brain fart. 55, yeah. But if, if you really think about like how hard that feat is, because you really do have to have the stars aligned for that to happen. One, you got to make the Super Bowl. And two, the, you just got to wait for the Super Bowl to be in your hometown. So, I mean, it's going to be pretty extraordinary if it does happen. But it's not going to be easy. And... Who knows if it'll even happen, but I hope it does. But I'm so excited, man. I am uh, I feel like I'm peeing my pants. I'm so excited to see uh, it, it all go down. And I hope it does go down, like, really close like that. 
Uh, or who knows? Maybe it'll be a boring Super Bowl like that Patriots Rams uh, Super Bowl. I'm a Patriots fan. I'll say that was a fucking boring Super Bowl. It was a you got to look at it as a chess match of a Super Bowl. Like it was a very master mindful yeah. coaching like chess game. Yeah. And if you don't get that, you think it's boring. You think it's the worst Super Bowl of all time. When really it's like these defenses are absolutely incredible. These coaches are absolutely incredible. Yeah. And it came down to one play, and that was that grunt catch. I guess it's 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 not what we're used to. I mean, you look at like no. Super Bowl Fifty One. You look at that Super Bowl with the Seahawks. It's always crazy, you know. So seeing that was kind of weird. But I don't know. The Super Bowl is, is 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 it's the biggest stage in the world, and I'm excited to see who who's doing halftime. By the way, is it's the weekend? It's, um, the weekend. Yeah. that's gonna be cool too. So. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm excited. Are you going to do a, li- a live stream for the Super Bowl this year also? I might. I don't know yet. I know I'm definitely doing it for the draft because I had a lot of fun doing it last year. Yeah. But if, like, Eddie was here last year, which made it a lot easier just to, to have a long stream like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but to do it with myself, it's kind of like, uh, it'd be a little hard. Plus, I would just have to be here the entire time. I couldn't move the setup over gotcha. there. So we'll see. I don't know. It depends on it depends on the matchup and whatever. So whatever you do, I'll be tuned in for sure because uh, for the Super Bowl, I'm actually going to be in the hospital. I'm going to be in the hospital for a month, the whole month of February. Mm-hmm. So whatever you do, you can count on me, just like how you always do, buddy. Hey, hey, man. I'll, I'll make sure to put out as much <laughs> content as possible then. Hell yeah, man. All right, man. Thank you so much for being on the podcast for the very first time. Had a lot of fun doing it. And um, yeah. I'm glad to get your expertise on on <laughs> predictions and analysis. So this won't this won't be the last time. Definitely won't. It will not. All right. It will not be the last time. All right, man. Thank you so much. Hope all is well. Hope health is good for a very very oh. long time. And people watching, listening, thank you for tuning in. And we will see you next time on the Bubble Let's Sports Podcast. Yeah, hold on. Tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm. Now, would you lose if it been a